Thanks for listening to the Life Church Boise weekly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Mark Bohr. For any other messages or other resources, please visit us at lcboise.com. You know, I sat down there and Amy said, you skipped a lot of your notes. I looked down and said, oh yeah. I didn't tell you this. Some have already been given to this project, so we're not starting at zero. So that's good. Um, We'll give you periodic updates on this. Uh, I didn't tell you this. This seems obvious, but when someone just takes a tithe and then they move it over to a different category... The math is still the same. There's not an increase. So obviously I think most people understand that we're not seeking anyone just to redirect current giving into a new project because it is, doesn't help. <laughs> Amen. I also want to say uh, we've been waiting for this for a long time and uh, you might re- recognize that one of our worship leaders is gone today. That's because Joe and Tabri had a baby. And so, uh, welcome to parenthood, in case you're watching. You better be watching. Everybody ready for some word? Get your Bible out and go with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. We began a new series of messages a couple weeks ago. This new series is entitled Ready with an Answer. It is my hope and desire to, to, to prepare you, to help give you understanding and knowledge so that you will be able to give intelligent, correct answers to people who ask you what's going on in your life, what's the deal with your, this whole God thing and, and your, your relationship with Him and so forth. Here's what the Scripture says in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. All right, with meekness and fear. Now, uh, one translation says, reads it this way, says instead of ready to uh, to give a defense, it says ready to give an answer. And that's where we took our, our, our title from. The Amplified Bible reads it this way. I just noticed that was already exposed to you, but... Uh, verse 15 amplified, but in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. And so we want to be prepared because if something is really happening in our lives, it will draw attention. And that's what this scripture indicates is that other people would come to you and ask and say, what's the reason for this hope within you, this confident and favorable expectation of good things to come, right? What's going on? What's the reason why it's there? And we are supposed to be able to give good answers, all right? Now, we don't know everything. 
And I don't think we're going to know everything. Uh, But I tell you, there's a whole bunch we can know and we ought to know. And so we can then be ready. One of the most common objections that unbelievers have to Christianity involves what they see as an obvious contradiction. You will see this question brought up anytime some minister of renown gets interviewed on a television broadcast. Uh, These type of questions almost always come up. And unfortunately, not many good answers are given. Because those asking and those who are, you know, not yet in the kingdom of God, often, if they're thinking people, they're not just not satisfied with how Christians frequently answer these questions. And one of those questions is this. In fact, I'll I'll give you a couple questions that kind of go together. It goes like this. How can God be all good and all powerful and yet there be so much evil in the world? Is that a good question? I think that is a good question. And I don't blame anyone for asking it. But it often doesn't get a good answer. Uh, another related question that sometimes goes with that is, why do bad things happen to good people, right? And, and does that happen? Do sometimes bad things happen to good people? Yeah, yeah. And it almost just doesn't seem right that God's unjust in some way. If he's, if he's all-powerful, why isn't he stopping this? Why isn't he... Uh, you know, handling things in, in a better way. Now, we should know answers to this. Huh? And if you don't, get ready to. And if you do, let's be strengthened in this. But what determines what happens? What controls what happens in our lives and what happens in the earth today? Are there laws that govern the operation of God's power Are there principles that determine life or death? Or is it literally, as many people think, that God is deciding you're going to live and you're going to die. You're going to be blessed and you're going to be cursed. You're going to suffer hardship and you're going to float through life with relative ease. Is God making those decisions? If so, doesn't really seem fair, does it? Not many answers on that. I'm not, not sure if I, if I should answer that. Believers often do not know the answers to these questions. We should know. We should have good answers. Let me give you a couple bad answers. All right. Here's one bad answer. God is sovereign. God. Now, that's a true statement. It's a true statement. But it is not a good answer. When some, something tragic takes place, something goes awry, and Christians say, well, God is a sovereign God. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean he can say one thing and do the opposite? When, we, when someone says God is sovereign, does that mean he, he, he ignores his word and he's just choosing? He's doing these things independent of any other principle? Uh, but this has often been used to give an answer when understanding was lacking. And it really doesn't hold water with a thinking person. Okay? Uh, Here's another bad answer. Well, 
we can never really know what is truly good and what is really evil. We're just unable to understand that. And so what you say is a, an evil thing, a bad thing, really from God's perspective in all His mysteriousness, that might actually be a good thing. That answer doesn't really satisfy either. Are you saying we don't really know what's good? I may not be able to get it right 100% of the time, but usually that's a pretty easy call. When I see a child suffering, writhing in pain, I'm going to say that's bad. Am I, am, I, am I off the mark here? Is there something mysterious? No, that's bad. Okay, that's suffering. That's evil. That's, that's not God. That's not inconsistent with goodness. There are many things we can look at and we can very clearly say, no, that's bad, that's good, that's evil. Uh, so I'm not going to give that answer. Someone's suffering, someone lost someone, someone went through a hardship and say, well, you can't really understand what's really good. I'm not saying that if something bad happens, there can never be any, anything good after that. One bad event, one bad experience does not relinquish the fact or take away the possibility of anything good ever happening in the future, okay? Uh, but I'm still not going to say, I know that hurt, <laughs> but it was really a good thing, okay? Now, when it, when it comes to the specifics of individuals and tragedy and, and struggle and so forth, I don't necessarily have all the answers for a particular person. Someone comes and says, you know, hey, why did Aunt Susie die? She was young. She was a good person. She was a believer. She was yada, yada, yada. Why did she die? I don't know. I don't even know her. I don't know anything about her, her life. I, I, can't, we, I don't think any of us are going to be in that position where, where we're just going to be able to explain specifically the details of everything that has ever happened. But can we know principles? Can we understand the laws that govern it so we can cooperate with them concerning our own lives and those around us? And the answer to that is yes, we can and should. But concerning, you know, if you have a, a family member, you have someone in your life that, you know, maybe they died young and you say, I don't even know why. I'm telling you, the Lord might not even tell you why. Specifically. Why? It's between Him and them. They know why. And the absence of knowing why does not mean there's not an answer. Does not mean there is not a why. There is one. There's always a reason. Something's going on there. Something governs these things. And uh, if you don't know, well, you know, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 reads, The secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever. Okay? And so there are some things that the Lord is going to keep between Himself and an individual person. Now, so don't be surprised if there are not specifics that you can't necessarily explain at different times uh, in your life. But we can, we should know the principles, the, the rules that govern life and death, good and evil, blessing and cursing. And it is an error to invoke God in every situation as to say that He either caused or allowed it to happen. 
That is, a, that is a severe lack of understanding to bring God in and in, in involve Him in everything that has taken place, implying that He's kind of behind it either, you know, uh, either passively or intentionally, right? Or whatever the opposite of passively is. Actively. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but when, when individuals talk about, and I gave you that bad answer about sovereignty, it's, it's, the same word, it's the same thing when an individual says, how can God be all good and all powerful? And they put those things together. But to be sovereign does not mean that God controls everything. I don't know if you realize that that's the case. Sovereignty has to do with this. It just means God is the highest ranking authority. Hey, he's the king of the hill. Huh? He's the head honcho. He's the man in charge. He, but that doesn't mean he, he decides and is dictating everything that is happening in the earth and what's happening in everybody's lives. It doesn't indicate all control or that he's dictating all behavior, all circumstances. And so that's why I say that's not really a, a, a good answer. Let me share with you three very important considerations and factors in what happens in the earth. And this will, uh, this will very much be a better answer than a lot of people in the world are getting. Because, listen, I don't want to turn people off to the Lord. And I give them some answer and they go, really, is that it? Uh, I want to give them truth. And so let's consider these. First of all, number one, number one, you, we need to consider the influence of the devil. The influence of the devil. Why is it that so many times when something happens that doesn't go right, people immediately look to God and point and sometimes accuse? God, why this? Why did you let this? Why did you not let this? And it's all, it's all on God. Why would we do that? We would do that because we are not aware of the presence of an evil one. And how many know, you just have to look around the world. I know in the world they'll debate this, is the, is the devil real? Is there really a devil? How many know, if you're a believer, be beyond that conversation. Uh, I mean, we're the ones that are supposed to be thinking straight. Uh, you can't, I don't think you can look at some of the events that are happening in the world today and how one human being can treat another human being so horribly. And it's just beyond belief to me. How could one human being do that to another? I'm telling you how. It's the devil. They are demonically influenced. I mean, even on my worst day, I could not even consider doing some of these things to another person. Yet it's happening all over the world. That is demonic if anything is. But let me give you this verse. It's 1 John 5, 19. It reads, we know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. You know, verses like that, many times people skip right over and they say, God, why? God, this. Well, there really is an evil one. There is a devil that is wrecking havoc in the earth today. And to skip that, if that's not ever a part of the conversation and it's just why God, we're just missing a whole lot of reality. All right. And so, First uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 gives us uh, further insight into this when it reads this way, that the, uh, 
that it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Does what? So we have the devil walking about as a roaring lion looking for food, huh? looking to devour. Is there anyone being devoured today? Is anyone having their lives thrashed? They're being beat up. Well, who's doing that? Well, that would be the devourer. Jesus said it this way, the thief comes not except for to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Someone, someone, someone's life is turned upside down and messed up. That's not Jesus. That would be the destroyer. That would be the devourer. But he's walking around looking for some that he can devour. Uh, Well, so why did such and such happen to this person? Here's one answer. Ready? The devil got in. The devil got to him. And he's cleaning their clock. That's what's going on. Well, why can he devour some people, but not other people? That is the right question. And that's not the question many people are asking, but it ought to be. I'm giving you, I'll give you some of that today, but if, if individuals are attacked themselves and they've been messed up, That's the question you should ask. Why was he able to get to me? What governed that? What what created that opportunity for him to devour something in my life? And when we start asking the right questions, we start getting answers and finding our way back out. But know this, that is the case. Lives are being destroyed. It is not God's will. It is the devil that is doing this. It is the influence of the devil why there is evil in the world today. Now, I recognize that we could go to an extreme, and some Christians have, where every time something bad happens, the devil made me do it. You know, it's all the devil, the devil, the devil, and all their talk is the devil. Well, you're making some choices too, aren't you? So I don't want to get into a ditch where I remove responsibility for my own decisions every day and act like, you know, well, I couldn't control it. That's not not the case. But let's understand the root and the source of these problems. Okay, ready for the next one? Turn with me over to Luke 13, then I'll give it to you over there. Luke chapter 13. And notice with me over here, Jesus was addressing some issues. In in the very first verse, Luke 13, verse 1, it it reads this way. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now now stop for a moment. Think about that. We have to kind of process that. Uh, We don't live in the day of sacrifices, but they did. They were bringing sacrifices. Where were they bringing them? To the temple. We would say nowadays, they were going to church. But in their bringing of their sacrifices as worship to God, what did Pilate do? He killed them and mixed them with their sacrifice. I mean, talk about heinous. 
This is a cruel deal. And it was just a contemporary event, just like we talk about things today when tragedies strike different parts of our country or the world. And uh, through storms, through all kinds of different things, through bad people doing bad stuff. And it makes the news and we're all talking about it and people start wondering, why? Man, why did that happen? How come that, what's the deal there? Could that have been stopped? And, and they, we raise good questions. And that's why they're talking to Jesus. All right, Jesus. What about this? What about when Pilate did that? Verse 2, Jesus answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered such things? I mean, that sounds like he was addressing a common thought. That people would typically answer that and they say, Well, you know, those people that got, that got slaughtered and uh, what Pilate did to them, man, they must have been living wrong. I tell you, they must have been the worst sinners in town. That what was going on. So Jesus addressed their thought and how people often interpret circumstances like that. And he said, verse 3, I tell you, no. What do you mean no? Why did they die and not everyone else died? Why did they go through that and not everyone else? And Jesus said it wasn't because they were worse than everybody else. Wow. But he goes on to say, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Oh, okay, so we're getting some solution here now. That happened to them. They weren't singled out. It wasn't because they were worse than everybody else. But Jesus said, that can also happen to you. In fact, it will happen to you. Some sort of tragedy, some sort of death, some sort of... It will happen to you unless there is repentance. Huh. That's interesting. Do we always know what's happening in the hearts of people around us? We do not. We do, do we know if people have turned away from God and towards evil? We do not always know that. We don't know what's going on in someone's heart necessarily. This is a factor. Okay, he goes on to give another example. Verse 4, or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And we see again, tragedy, bad things happening to people. And Jesus said, they didn't necessarily do something in particular, to set themselves apart as worse than everybody else. They were the same as everybody else, but you watch out, because unless you turn, you're in trouble too. And so, what could we say? Why do bad things happen? Can you see this? An absence of repentance. In other words, if a person, listen to how Jesus is saying if a person would repent they would be spared from what happens to everybody. And everybody is in the same boat as far as that goes, but some will turn. Repentance, you turn, you think different, you go different, you go a different way in your life. But listen, this is something we should be aware of. When people live their lives in violation of God's righteous ways and think nothing of it, they are wrong. And there is no guarantee of tomorrow. 
And there is no guarantee of safety or protection. Say, well, God loves us all. Absolutely. I'm so thankful for that. Say, Jesus paid for all of our sins. He absolutely did. He absolutely did. And protection is available and healing and all these things for all people. He's no respecter of persons. But have you ever met a Christian that needed to repent? I know sometimes people would say, well, that's Old Testament. I mean, it's in the New Testament, but it's under the law, the Old Covenant. So that doesn't apply to us. We don't repent anymore. I know a lot of Christians, I wish they would repent. Really, I don't mean they're not going to heaven. I don't mean they're not saved. I don't mean the Lord doesn't love them. But they do a whole bunch of funky things in their life. And I'm thinking, ah, you know, ah, that's going to hurt one of these days. I mean, what you're doing is removing yourself out from under God's blessings. He wants to do so much more with you, but you got to knock that off. How many know we could talk about a gazillion things here that would, that would really uh, show us? For example, people who hold grudges and are unforgiving towards others. That totally opens the door for towers to fall on you. Or what I mean by that is really because Jesus said, well, they kind of fall on everybody at random or, you know, stuff like this just happens in a fallen world. It's not singling people out. What I seek is protection from it. I don't want to likewise perish. So I need to be in a place with God where he will shield me, protect me, hedge me, huh? talk to me and say, go left here, don't go right. Stop doing that. It's going to hurt. I need him to talk to me so I can avoid what is common in our world today. What's common? Suffering, tragedy. The world is blowing up. It's falling apart. There's a lot of ugly people doing bad things. I need help in the middle of this. What do I need to do? Every time I find myself going the wrong way, thinking the wrong way, believing the wrong thing, as soon as I see it, I say, Lord, I repent of that. I turn towards you. Help me to think right and live right and, and, and do right. Huh? In doing so, I am setting myself up to enjoy what Jesus paid for on the cross. I'm walking in his blessings, not walking in my own ways. Amen, amen. And so I would encourage you today, give God access to protect you, to warn you, to spare you. These things we're talking about, they're not just, it's not just that bad stuff happens to bad people as we would define bad people. It happens to all kinds of people. But if we will recognize, don't blame God. There is the presence of an evil one in this world. And if we will recognize, we have the ability to turn, to choose, to make choices, to stay right with God. Listen, if you're going down the wrong path, the Lord doesn't want you to be condemned. And we're not here to point out your sin and judge and everything else. But deal with it. It's not like the rest of us can't relate to you. We either have or we need to. Right? Either just got finished dealing with something. (laughs) Or you're about to. Huh? So we're all kind of, we can, we, we get along. We don't have to throw stones at each other. But it would be important for us to acknowledge things and turn. Turn. Amen, amen. All right, now let's do number three. Here's the third thing I want to sh- share with you. These, this answers these questions. Number three is the issue of delegated authority. 
This is one of those answers that often gets left out of the discussion. How can God be all good and all powerful and yet bad happens? And why do good things, bad things happen to good people? What about delegated authority? And unfortunately, with a whole lot of believers today, you get that, you know, that look like my dog, you know, when you say something new. Well, I've been a Christian for 30 years, and I've never even heard that phrase before. It would be, this is a real important truth to get, and, and we could talk about it for weeks, but I want to give you a little mini summary so you have a good answer for this question. It goes like this. Jesus went to the cross as a substitute. He defeated sin, death, hell, the grave. He kicked the devil's butt in his own backyard. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from him. And Satan no longer has authority in the earth because Jesus got it back through legal channels. That's the legal channels of Jesus on the cross being our redemption, purchasing our salvation. And when he did that, he turned those keys over to the church. He turned them over to individual believers so that we would go in his name. We would pray in his name. We would speak in his name. We would exercise authority and resist the devil in his name. And that authority has been invested into the body of Christ. And if we use it, we win. And if we don't, the enemy kicks our butt. Even though he's been defeated. I said butt twice in the same sermon. Sorry. Three times now. (laughs) (laughs) the enemy will run roughshod over individuals all day long until they realize they have a gun till they realize they have a badge huh and start doing something with it but what typically happens something goes awry and god why god 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 instead of uh, uh, excuse me I am a blood-bought, set-apart, sanctified, spirit-filled child of God, and we're just not going to have this. This is just not going to continue in my house. Amen. You know, a lot of parents, I want to, I speak with compassion, parents who have children that are always sick, don't be condemned over it, but I'm telling you, God, God has authorized you to kick that stuff out of your family. But often these things are these things are not discussed, and we and we stay in the realm of Lord, why I don't understand. Stand up and take a stand. I'm telling you, the Lord has given you an ability to drive this stuff out of your life, and a lot of bad things happen because we let it. And sometimes it's through ignorance, sometimes it's through negligence. But nevertheless, it just is this way. This is a principle of the kingdom. It's a reality in, the, in our world today that Jesus won the victory and turned the keys over to us. You remember the verse, 1 Peter 5, 8. Satan walks about, the enemy, seeking whom he may devour. You know what the very ver- next verse says? Resist him steadfast in the faith. What are we to do? Resist it. Pray to God about him. Ask the Lord, the devil's attacking me. Lord, make this go away. What's the Lord's answer to that? Resist him. 
Are you saying that God can't do anything about the devil's activities in the earth? Yeah. But you can. But I can. And if I don't, and if you don't, he won't be stopped. Now, I might, this might be stirring up some thinking in you. Good for you. Good, good. Happy about this. Study. Don't have me for lunch. Can't believe what he said. If it drives you to the word, good. But we think about some of the, the things happening in our country today. I mean, it's, a lot of it's bad. And we can talk about it, and we can complain about it, and we can post about it, and repost about it, and, and share this, and, and, and do all these things. But I wonder, in the big scheme of things, if from heaven's perspective, if we're not responsible. Why? We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, authorized by God to do good and to declare truth and to push back the forces of darkness. But we're so caught up, people don't have time to pray anymore. They'll watch the TV for hours and pray for two seconds. And people don't take a stand and take authority and draw on the resources of heaven. How can we think that that doesn't have anything to do with this? Hope you don't feel beat up because of that. Because we're in the same family. We're on the same team. Same body. And, and so I take responsibility. But going forward. Isn't that, that's important, huh? It's not looking back. If you're sitting here feeling bad about all, bad things in the past, stop. Be done. Now let's move forward. And let's recognize how things work in the earth, how God wants to bless, how He wants to use us, and how He wants to use us to, to do things in the earth. But we have our place. He gave it to us. We need to understand how God views delegation. When He turns it over to somebody, He really does turn it over. Meaning, I no longer have it, you have it. And when we win, did God do it? Yes. He did it through me. He gets all the glory. I couldn't do it without him. This is simple. Delegation happens in businesses all day long. Happens in a, how? Companies and leaders and stuff get things done by having other people do things for them. At the end, who did it? Well, whoever's in charge, they did it through people. Right? And that's exactly how the body of Christ works. He's the head. We're the body. He does things through us. So if you take your stand, good. But if we sit passively by and just allow stuff to happen, I don't think we can blame God. And then someone says, how can your good God allow all this stuff? Um, well, simple answer, that's not how it works. I mean, that's, that's a correct answer and pretty rich right there. That's just not how it works. Then you can have the discussion further and say, now th these are some factors. This is, is how it works. But that's not how it works. God cannot be blamed. He is good. He wants good things for you. He wants good things for me. I have a whole series on this if you want to listen to it. Goodness of God in a very bad world. And, uh, but He wants good things for us. 
But we must take our place, take His Word, take this authority, take what He has has delegated to us, and begin to uh, declare and enforce the victory that was given to us through Christ. Amen. Father, we thank You today for what You're doing in and through us now. Thank You for Your Holy Word. Thank You for the authority of that Word. And thank You that You are able to accomplish good things and to protect and sustain and help us today by giving us understanding of how Your Kingdom functions. Lord, You're revealing to us today, and I believe that You are hedging about us and protecting us. We purpose to do things right, to do things Your way. And thank You for the Holy Spirit of God who moves across this building today, revealing, showing, uncovering, and giving answers, and giving hope of how things can be. I pray, Father, for even those who struggle today, that there would be a vision given, a vision of a better tomorrow, a picture of a better future, a picture of a life of freedom and a life of victory. Thank you, Lord. You show them how to do it. You show them how to accomplish it. If there are individuals in the church today that there are things that you recognize, you might be a believer, but you're just handling the wrong way or you're going the wrong route, deal with that right now before you leave. You don't want to, you're going to get out of here and forget about it and not deal with stuff possibly. Do business with God right now. If there are some areas of turning, of repenting, of changing, say, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm, I purpose in my heart to do that different. I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to stop focusing on this and get my attention on And you deal with things. What you're doing is affording yourself God's blessings and His protection right now. And then you're able to resist the devil. Mm. Father, thank you for helping me. Thank you for revealing your mighty love, your grace, and your power to each one. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We, we yield ourselves to you so your amazing love and blessings can flow through. We give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for a bright and glorious future, for good things to come. You're working in our lives today. You're working in our lives today. In Jesus' precious name. Sometimes just doing a little change, a little switcheroo in the heart, and you'll find immediate results. People will find changes in their bodies. You'll find things that were giving you trouble just erased without you even trying. Because you dealt with it the right way instead of, why God? Or thinking, I'm out of control, nothing I can do. A little change, and you access God's power.
We hope you enjoyed this message. Find our other messages on iTunes or visit our website at lcboise.com and follow us on social media, Life Church Boise. Thank you and have a blessed day. Thank you.